We're just normal men. What do you mean, normal men? We're just innocent men. Expect huh? Casey to try to put a little something extra on the slider here. Sun comes out from behind the cloud, and suddenly we have sunshine covering the infield. A one-two pitch to the plate. Swing and a miss! He struck him out! He struck him out! He struck him out! Aggies are going to the College World Series! Howdy guys, welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. It is Monday, February 19th, and if I sound a little rough, it has been a little rough. It's been an interesting couple of weeks on uh, both of our fronts here, but I'm uh, Rob White, fighting Texas Aggie class of 14. Yeah, and this is Roy May, fighting Texas Aggie class of 2015, and it yeah. has been, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been so busy that we missed, um, but there's been plenty of action that we can certainly get to, um, and I think... You know, the weather's turning, and maybe Puxatani Phil was correct, but uh, I'm, I'm betting that we still get the one last cold snap out of out of the state of Texas. Um, so in my prep to uh, – I'm, I'm in a battle with the weeds in my yard right now. Yeah. Um, and, I'm, and I'm, like, this close to just napalming my yard. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but, you know, so I'm going to resaw and reseed, but I'm betting on a cold snap, so I'm kind of waiting to do that right now. But uh, – but yeah, spring is in the air, which means the diamonds are full. The diamonds are quite full. And uh, we will definitely jump into plenty of baseball and softball action because there's plenty of good things to talk about. Uh, my last week, uh, just to give you guys a little perspective, um, I was nearly in a head-on collision outside of Austin on Monday and had a gun pulled on me on Villa Maria Drive on Wednesday, or Jimmy Thursday. So um, to call it an interesting week would be uh, an understatement on that front, but, uh, I'm still here. We're both still here. And that's the important thing. Okay. So, you know, you have to dive into the gun story. I have to, were you in the car or were you like walking on Villa Maria? Yeah, no, I was in my car. Uh, so right right now, if you're driving in town over there in Bryan, uh, right before you get to, um, uh, the turnoff over at college Avenue, uh, they currently have it down to one lane because they're working on the power lines. And um, I was cruising up on the light down to one lane and it opened up. So I scooted over to the right lane and a vehicle at the very, very last second in front of me decided they wanted to be in that lane and started going over as I'm already on their side. So you're going to turn into me. So I honked like, come on, guy, pay attention. I pull up and I'm hearing yelling outside the car the whole time. I'm just focusing straight forward, got my sunglasses on and... (laughs) I look over and I see this guy. He's leaning out of the window, tapping a nine millimeter on the door. Well, I turn back around, look at the light. It's turned green. I turn right. Well, he gooses to get right behind me. And all of a sudden, okay, he's chasing me a little bit, lane by lane. It's like, that's a little nerve wracking. But I get to the uh, uh, one light right before you're heading into College Station. And uh, was able to wedge myself between another car and put him kind of caddy quarter behind. <clears throat> we move through the light. I take a left on Rosemary and he keeps going straight. I made a phone call explaining the situation to the fine CSPD and haven't heard anything back on that. So figured that was going to be a long stretch anyway. But uh, yeah, people are crazy out there right now. So uh I, that's the last what, time I'm driving around without a pistol in my car. I'll tell you that much. Well, well, 
one gun gets pulled, a second gun gets pulled, and no, generally <laughs> nothing good comes of that. No. But I, I will say, when I was driving uh, on Saturday, because I had to drive the Nacogdoches for some for some business, um, and then I you know drove back. That's you know two almost two and a half hours each way, yeah. and then I drove down to to Tomball to have lunch with my family or dinner with my family. <clears throat> so you know, all in all, you know, five seven hours worth of driving on Saturday. Some of the most insane driving I have ever seen all weekend long and yeah. it was literally the whole time I, and it was and it ranged the camera like it, it, it was across the spectrum on my way back i get stuck behind a dude so it's you know it's double yellow so i got nowhere to go and right. driving between here and nacogdoches they're not all you know eight lane roads um we're going 52 and a 70 for miles and miles um yeah. on the way like people like i had uh a, a, a motorcycle like white lining you went up uh, past two cars on the shoulder in a motorcycle and i'm not talking a harley i'm talking just a, a little kind of piece of crap motorcycle that if he hit anything <laughs> in that median he was gone like gone because we were going 70 75 miles an hour and he just blew past us on the shoulder had a had a mustang uh it was like a merge situation as well and he was two cars behind me on highway six and he gunned it on the right um, and passed both of us and like, like almost clipped me coming. It was absolutely nuts this weekend and it wasn't a full moon. So I don't know what was going on, but it was bonkers on the roads. No, you're not kidding. And following up uh, with my Monday incident. So I was heading out to Dripping Springs. We went and recorded two new songs. I'll get into all that here in a bit. Um, two really exciting songs that works. I, I'm pumped for, but um, as I was heading out, it's kind of similar to uh, Highway 21 as you're in between. Caldwell and Bastrop where it's mm -hmm. four lane, but it's just the double yellow in the middle, no median really. So right. um, anybody can just fly over a lane, right? Well, that happened. I was heading out that direction and a car in front of me jumps over far right. I'm in the left line. And all of a sudden I'm face to face 200 feet in front of me with a Ford F-150. And for those who don't know me, I drive a little, sh um, a little GMC Canyon, which it's a nice little truck, but it's not as big as an F-150. But it's so, a little truck. It's a little truck. So facing down an F-150, 200 feet in front of me, and I had nowhere to go. So um, definitely had a flash before my eyes moment where I was like, well, guys, it's been great. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Uh, I guess we'll uh, catch you all on the flip side. Uh, I'll be sure to put in a good word for you with God, you know, that kind of deal. Well, um, he ends up scooting over right back where he was supposed to be at the very, very last second. We kissed paint. It was so close. Ugh. I, um, yeah. So a couple of, couple of close calls this week, but you know what? We're doing okay. <laughs> I'm excited to be it. here. Yes. So, um, I figured we could probably jump in at least, uh, touch on basketball first before we get into the diamonds. Yeah. This this team is is really really frustrating. I saw um, I saw on Twitter or X, uh, I believe it was earlier today. Um, there's only like two or three other teams in college basketball that have as many quad one wins as we do. Right. But our quad three losses are absolutely killing us. Now it's pure insanity. I I it, it's weird. It's a very Jekyll and Hyde team that we've come to. Yeah, that we've come to really appreciate with this Aggie baseball team or with this Aggie basketball team. I mean, they're 
back and forth when they get on the road for whatever reason they're just not pulling it together yeah well i mean you hit the nail there with the jekyll and hyde stuff it's hey it's one of those one step forward two steps back kind of thing and that's what we're seeing this season like great win terrible loss great win terrible loss and it's it's the whole i mean it's we're at the point now where you can you can really peg kind of who this team is, and it's just an inconsistent basketball team. Sure, you know, they have they have the ability to beat anybody, and they have, they have the ability to lay an absolute clunker. Now, yeah. when you go out and let a college team score a hundred points, you know the likelihood of you winning in regulation, at least, you know, yeah. the likelihood of you pulling out that game is is incredibly low. <clears throat> and I understand that. Alabama made a ton of threes, but still, you know, it, it, we also, you know, we've harped on this and I know that the idea is make them kill you with threes. Well, if they start killing you with threes though, like you've got to do something to, to mediate the, the damage or minimize the damage, uh, you know, that's going on from beyond the arc. Yeah. And so, but I mean, Alabama, they, I mean, they spread the scoring around. It wasn't like we just had one guy beating the pants off us. I mean, they spread the scoring around. It was just, I mean, you put up 75 points, you expect to win, honestly, in a college basketball game. I mean, 75 is is kind of a number where if you're hitting that, you know, if, if you hit that, you feel pretty good about your chances, and you hit 75 and got your doors blown off. Yeah. Um, it, it, full credit to Alabama for what they were able to accomplish in that game, but between that one and Vanderbilt loss right after you go and take down Tennessee at home, between you, those man, two, between those man, two instances, yeah. it's kind of rough. That Vandy loss was just – and, and I mean, I, I get that the dude made a, a ridiculous play at the end, but again, like it shouldn't come to that. No. You know, and, and so it's, and that's two, what is that? That's two cases this year where on the final possession, they, you know, they take the ball down and score. You know, yep. that's two, two buzzer beaters in a season. Um, So it, yeah, I, this team doesn't have enough consistency to do anything in the tournament if they make the tournament. And that's a, that's a big if right now, it quite is. frankly. It's a big if. So, you know, when you when you have and Olin, uh, Olin, you know, in his kind of write up of the of the game afterwards, yeah, he mentioned it. This is only like the third time I think that they've lost when Boots has gone over twenty or twenty some odd points. And so, you know, everything again, you know, we hit seventy five points. Everything we did is is you know, kind of the check marks, checking the boxes for when we're successful. These are the things we do, and we did them. But yeah, Wade Taylor just had a terrible game. Yeah, and as and that was something that you and I talked about. It's very much Boots and Wade and how the team goes depends on how those two are doing. And, yeah, one of them does well, but if the other one's having a bad day, it's just it doesn't pan out. And defensively, giving up 100 points is just inexcusable in regulation. You just can't do that. Yeah, yeah that's uh, – we'll call it tough. tough. <laughs> that's a good word for it. But – you know, on the flip side, the, the women look, you know, I, I, we were talking, you know, we've, we've kind of harped on this all year long. Um, and I think we talked about it a little, you know, but offline as well. It's, you know, we're seeing that improvement in the women's, um, you know, in, in the women's program and seeing Joni Taylor getting picked to be an assistant for the Olympics, you know, that, that there's nothing but positive that you can take from that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's just yet another thing that she's um, able to put on her resume as as she recruits as well oh, yeah. yeah all this stuff ties back in like i was an assistant on the olympic team okay so obviously 
you know, and, and, you know, she's had the, what was it? U19s or U21s, whatever it was, U17s. I can't remember what it was. Um, so she's got, you know, she's got the international experience, but the Olympics is, I mean, that's, that's it. You know, that's, that's the top tier. Yeah. It's a big deal. And it's going to continue to grow. And the thing is what, uh, what we have coming up this week, you have a couple of opportunities at home for games to catch and definitely support if, if you can, uh, you know, we're hosting LSU tonight, uh, number 13 LSU, and that's going to be a big home game and then Arkansas after that. Yeah, and so that one's that's a real big one, to be honest, because this is one of those where LSU is going to have a ton of fans at Reed. Um, there will be people coming down from Waco just because it's Kim Mulkey, you know, Skeletor. Yeah. Um, but so this is one where, I, honestly, if you can make it out to Reed, like I, I please, please get out to Reed just so it doesn't feel like a home game for LSU because LSU travels well, especially when they're as good as they are. I mean, they're 21 and four. They're ranked top 15 in the country. Um, she always has a good program going there. Um, so, you know, if you can get to Reed, by all means, please get to Reed tonight. Um, uh, I'm actually going to try and make it. I'm still trying to move some stuff around, but if I can make it, I'm, I will be at Reed. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and, it, and it's it, obviously it's a big game. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I liked what I've seen out of them. I, I do. Um, yeah. You, you want to see continued success. I know they've kind of done a little bouncing around a little bit um, with consistency. Again, you know, consistency on the hardwood. But I think that that coming out of the women's program is, you know, we're still at a level where it, you know, it's acceptable to, to understand that because they're still kind of building the program and, and kind of in her vision. And, and, that's just, and that takes time. It you does. know, and, and I get it. it. It just takes time. Um, but I think we've seen enough positives that we, you know, we can be happy about it. Um, but I, I'd love for people to get out to read because honestly, it's going to be like a home game for LSU. Exactly. So get out there and support if you can. That would be awesome. So basketball can uh, continues to roll on. Meanwhile, uh, diamonds are definitely heating up, and I mean. I'll go ahead and just get us started with softball. Uh, the girls are so, off to a nine and zero start, man. No, they're eleven and zero, bro. Eleven and zero. They didn't yeah. update the website then. Yeah, they yeah they are eleven and zero. They beat number fourteen Oregon twice this past weekend. Um, you know their schedule. They always you know they generally always open up because uh, you know the softball it starts with all the invitationals, right? I think baseball you're starting to see more of those, but softball has been doing this for years. So they started off with an invitational here at home. Uh, weekend before this past one yeah, uh, and went undefeated, had a, a great weekend, but you know, the competition is not necessarily, um, you know, that one wasn't set up to where the competition was, you know, a, a really stiff field. And then they went out West and they played, um, played, you know, played better competition. You played, played a ranked team and you beat them twice. Um, they are absolutely steamrolling. Emily Kennedy uh, is just unbelievable in the circle. Um, not as much power, maybe, uh, as as we would like, because I think you understand if you watch softball, um, the big the big teams or you know the the big programs they they bring power to it. But I mean, obviously they're gonna you know they're gonna be incredibly balanced. Um, but we've got some pop, obviously in the bats. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but but you love to see what Emily did in the circle. I mean, she came in and, and shut teams down. And Oregon is no slouch, you know, and no. so. So you get a little bit better barometer of where this team is, you know, when you step up the competition, obviously. Yeah. And so, you know, coming back, um, you know, coming back home for this next weekend is going to be, it's going to be huge. Um, Cause they're, they're, I mean, they're just steamrolling. I mean, uh, they're undefeated. Yeah. And so is Aggie baseball, but Aggie baseball's only played three. <laughs> so that, you know, Aggie softball has seen, you know, Trisha Ford's got her squad. You know, they've seen 
plenty of different teams, which means you've seen plenty of different approaches to hitting, to pitching, um, and you've been able to win them all. So, and not that I'm going to sit here and say that Aggie softball is going to win them all because obviously softball in the SEC is crazy. And that's one sport where with the SIPs and OU coming in, it gets even crazier because those are two of the best programs in the nation. Yeah. Um, but, but you love to see it. You know, it, it's what we talk about with, um, you know, with women's basketball as well. You know, learning to win is part of winning. Right. And, 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 you know, feeling, you know, it, last year, look, they, they took in the teeth. It was tough. It was their first year. And, and, um, you know, it was admirable, admirable effort, but, uh, but this year, like they're off to a roaring start and they're like, you know, there's gotta be a ton of confidence in that clubhouse right now. Well, there's no doubt when you go on the road you know, to a, a different environment down there in California and, you know, you do have ranked opponents that you're going to face. You take down Oregon twice, you take down the host twice and yeah, those yeah. are tight games. But what you did do was you did a great job of controlling those games and winning them. And that's very, very important. Uh, meanwhile, you're coming up on this upcoming invitational, the Texas A&M invitational this weekend. And once again, you have another opportunity Kansas coming into town. Uh, you get to face off against, you know, some less than stellar competition again, but once again, learning how to win. That's the important thing. And getting that key experience for younger players, um, especially this early in the season and getting that team gelled. I, I really like what I'm seeing so far and I'm excited for them. I mean, you're I mean, you're talking about six games in a weekend. So, I mean, you can, I mean, you're rolling at that point, you know, I mean, they're obviously full fledged into their season, but um, maybe they are only nine and oh, I might have that wrong. Yeah, whatever they are, they're undefeated. But um, they're undefeated. So, but you know, so you've got you got a huge, um, a huge weekend with a ton of games. So a ton of potential for, um, you know, it, it, what the first uh, the first weekend when they were home, what was that? That was the uh, the Aggie Classic. That's right. Right. Um, so, so the Aggie Classic. I mean, they were run ruling people, and when you're able to do that, we and we'll get into baseball because we saw a little bit of it. You know, when you're when your offensive production is fantastic, you know what that means? More kids get to play. You're right. And when games are more awesome. comfortable, these kids are getting playing time. So you're building your, you know, you obviously have a have depth on your roster just based on how you set up your roster. But now you're having depth with experience, getting to play in these games. And so I, I think I, I've, I mean, I there's no way to tell this early in the season, you know, what maybe they can be or can't be. But I think expectations can be incredibly lofty for this team. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing early um, from the highlights that I was able to catch later from softball. I really enjoyed what I saw. Um, I'm excited for them. Uh, definitely a great start. And um, it's it's not easy starting off the season with that kind of run. Um, so just got to keep rolling. Yeah, look, going, going undefeated, you know, it's, it doesn't matter the competition you're playing, especially when it's, you know, baseball and softball. The diamond sports, they're just so um, – they're just so unpredictable. They really are. Uh, and I think, um, you know, we saw that, uh, well, I mean, us beating Oregon twice. I mean, that's on the West coast, you know, that's unpredictable in and of itself. It's a big deal. And Emily Kennedy coming in and just shutting the door on them, um, yeah. you know, on the, in the second game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you no, know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because they've, you know, they've got some experience, um, you know, like Julie Cottrell, obviously Emily Kennedy, uh, Rylan Wiggins, you know, you've got some experience on the team and you've got some newer kids and, and you know, once you hit that balance, is when you start truly building your culture. Yeah. You know, when you have the veteran leaders and you have the newer kids, everybody's buying in and everybody's pulling the rope in the same direction. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I just, I, I see it with, with both diamonds right now, with both clubhouses at AM, and it is an absolute joy to watch. 
Yeah, and uh, definitely speaking of baseball, um, I did make it out to the game Saturday, which was great. A uh, little, little cold, but <laughs> yeah. uh, but I had a good time. Uh, I will say this, um, getting to see those boys. And, yeah, Saturday was of the games. That was the one we struggled the most in. Uh, we didn't really start getting the bats going until about the seventh inning. But the one thing I will say above all else and the most important thing to me that really caught my eye, yes, the runs were great. Yes, seeing these incredible exit velocities, these incredible distances that the home runs went, the most important thing to me was – Two things. One, the pitching and the fielding. We had one error on the whole weekend and one run that was given up and it was unearned. Well, and what they, I think I saw was like 991 or something like that fielding percentage. I mean, just absolutely. No, that's elite fielding. And, yeah. and you're talking about how, you know, unexpected things happen a lot, you know, just because of the grind and, and just really just because how the sport is. Yeah. I think that Saturday game is a perfect example because look at Friday and look at Sunday. Yeah. Like, I mean, we we just outclassed them. But baseball and softball are such sports that the better team doesn't always win, and it happens a lot more often. I feel like in baseball and softball than it does other sports. And you definitely saw that on multiple occasions, just in the opening weekend, as we always do. You know, you have. Um, granted, we didn't get a chance for the Saturday and Sunday games with Florida, but you know they go and lose to St. Joe's game one and didn't get a chance to play the next two. Yeah, four out of the four out of the top ten teams in the rankings right now have lost. Yeah, at least a game, right? And so, and, and there's no reason to move them anywhere in the rankings because if you go two and one in a weekend, like that's okay because that's baseball. I mean, you don't want to make that a habit against teams that you outclass. No, I mean, sometimes it just happens. But if you go two and one the entire season, that's generally good enough to win in the long run. That's just the way the baseball is. Yeah, you just want to win series, and, and especially, I mean, when you're in your non-conference stuff, you know, outside of these invitationals that, you know, they aren't series, they're just kind of round-robin thing. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're in your non-conference, outside of maybe a special matchup that weekend that you have scheduled, um, you feel like when, you, when you're a program like A&M, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like you should sweep them all. But the re- the reality is that's just so hard to do. Now, obviously – it's a lot easier to to rattle off a whole bunch of consecutive wins in college baseball as a pro, as opposed to the pros because they're you know right. obviously the the distance in, in talent sometimes can can be a there can be a pretty wide gap as opposed to you know the MLB they're just all pros right and it's no different than football when you play against your you know non cons lower play you know lower teams etc you know those are the the games you should win right right the games that you have set up to go out there and win well you you get a team like McNeese in because you need to win it and they went out there and did exactly that and I thought the pitcher for McNeese on Saturday so I I got off the road Nacogdoches I caught the last about three and a half innings so I kind of caught old, it when when it started Cam yeah old Cameron yeah I I thought he was pretty good. He looked good and he held us he held us off for a long while. But once he eventually got worn down and got into the bullpen, that's when the wheels came off. And generally that's well, what and, you gotta do. Well, and that's where you see that and that's what elite teams do. Yeah. You know, they it's, look that kid pitches at a college level, it pitches at a D one college level. Mm-hmm. Um, these kids end up at major, you know, top top ten, top fifteen programs sometimes with when they transfer and you're like, Holy crap, this kid's amazing. Where was he playing? Yeah, you know, that kind of kid. And and what I saw now, I don't know if he was just literally pitched the game of his life or or if that's the talent he is. Um, you know, it and this is one of those things also. 
I'll follow McNeese State kind of from a distance. I'll just kind of keep an eye on their record yeah. who they play because because of where they are regionally, um, it wouldn't surprise me. I hadn't looked at McNeese State's schedule, but it wouldn't surprise me if they play LSU in non-conference, yeah. like maybe even a Tuesday game. So um, just because of where they are, they may play some kind of bigger programs here regionally. And so it'll be interesting just to kind of keep an eye on them. Um, and that's, you know, one of those things, and you do it, you know, with every weekend that it stacks up, you know, you know your next um, – yeah, your next weekend opponent, if you sweep them, you're going to keep an eye on them to see, you know, if they end up playing anybody or do they win their conference, you know, because there's so many more conferences in college baseball, right. um, you know, at, at the division one level. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, I'll, I'll keep an eye on, um, I'll keep an eye on, on McNeese State just out of curiosity. I thought that pitcher on Saturday, I thought he was really good. Well, and speak and speaking to uh, to McNeese's past, um, they have been a very solid team within their conference. They've won the conference tournament a couple times in the last several years, so that guaranteed them a spot in the tournament field. And they've been uh, and they've won their conference outright uh, in the regular season, I think, on two or three occasions. So this is, is a team Southland conference, I think so. Yeah. And so they're they're a good baseball team for their region, for their size. So, you know, uh, at least in the past several seasons, anything could happen this year. It's so early. You have no idea, but he has looked, they have looked good in the past. So that's a good confidence boost uh, for what I like to see going forward. Um, Now kind of looking ahead to next week with Wagner. That is another one. You expect to go three and out. That's that's a weekend you expect to go three and zero. They went on the road to uh, North Carolina and gave up double digit runs every game. Yeah, so that's one of those teams you need to go out and beat the brakes off of because you can't. Right. Yeah, you got what midweek incarnate word. You got Wagner. Then yeah. midweek midweek mid excuse me midweek Lamar, and then that first first weekend in March is when we start playing some more talent. That's the uh, that's the thing up at Global Life with Arizona State, USC. Um, you know, right. obviously not play obviously not playing TCU, which um I, I think I it's a bummer, but I absolutely love the logic behind it. Like there's really no reason for us to like mess with ourselves given how we're ranked. And you know, the reality is is if if both teams have the season they expect to to have, they'll they'll see each other. No doubt. Yeah. And, and that's typically the way that things go, right? It's it's normally going to be a case of it'll get you know the cards are going to fall where they're going to fall and we'll play who we play. And typically the way that they like to set it up, right. With mm-hmm. us being this sec team. All right. Well, you're in Texas. So let's take a big name out of Texas. Any miny mo TCU easy pick. And yeah. it, it's, I, they like that matchup for well, you. And I think, well, well, you love, I mean, there's a narrative behind it, obviously with Schloss, yeah. um, you know, coming from TCU, but I think the other part that you look at is, um, and this is, you know, kind of way too early prediction type stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but TCU and A&M are the two teams out of the state of Texas that will be vying for a super. Yeah, and in Texas may sneak in there too, but I'm not as worried about them, at least at this stage of the game. Yeah, I I'm think- not sure about what's going on at Texas. They, they, um, I mean, it's not breaking my heart that they lost. No, but and it goes back to what we talked about, right? Teams are going to lose a game right. here and there, and, and that one was that was an extra inning, and a situation where obviously the you know I'm not sure if you watched how they lost, but they got doubled up. Yeah, got um, doubled, yeah, the brutal way to lose, by the way. Right, because and and you know if you're that runner, you're kind of in a tough spot because you're not sure if he caught it or not. It was so low to the ground. So I, I get it. It's one of those situations that's tough. I mean, we've been in situations like that. I know a lot of teams that have. So, yeah, that that stuff happens. So losing those type of games 
are not going to be a make or break for a team like Texas ever. But 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 they went two and one on the weekend. They won the series. Bounce yeah, bounce back on Sunday. So it's again, you know, good teams do that. Even if you even have even if you have a hiccup, we've seen that here. You know, yeah. opening weekend no hiccups. We we've certainly seen it. <laughs> no but, Lord knows. But, but man, there's so much potential with those young kids. It's so fun to watch them out there. Um, but man, the violence is real. I was just going to get into uh, some some stats on the weekend. So Jace goes 333 on the weekend, three home runs, and, I mean, just crushed him when he did get a hold of him. But, How many ribbies did he have? Was like nine or something like that? Let's see. Uh, I mean, that's – Yeah, nine Yeah, nine RBIs in the first weekend. That Dude, that is bonkers. And I know that nobody keeps up – you know, it's like – you know, you <laughs> – you birdie the first hole, you're like, well, I mean, as I said, I just birdie the rest of them, I'll be 18 under, right? Yeah. <laughs> if I had a home run every game, I'll have 50 homers. Um, and you're talking exit velocities pushing 114 miles an hour and 414 feet on a home run. Like, yeah. 114, 114 exit velocity is up there. Yeah. And you're, you're talking about, and yeah, I get it. It's metal bats. It's the whole deal. But the, the deal is this team can hit and this team. Uh, and when they are on, oh, it's a beautiful thing to watch. The offense is staggering. Yeah. It, it's just unbelievable. I scored them like 30-something to one over a weekend. Yeah. 34 um, runs. How fun is it watching Montgomery? That kid is special. And we saw he was special when we played him. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, he's fine. You know, Grahovic is going to get it figured out. Oh, heck, um, he looked real good on Sunday. I mean, I'll tell you what, the, the best part of all of it for me was turn it on on Friday and watching Ryan Prager stand on the stand on the mound and just pump the strike zone. I was about to say, Ryan Prager, I feel so good for that kid because, you know, he's been on a long road to get where he's at right yeah. now. And I mean, he you know pitched five absolutely stellar innings, ton of strikeouts. I mean, nine Ks. I mean, good for the kid. I'm, I'm happy. Oh, boy. It, I was laughing about it on the broadcast. I don't know if you caught the game at all, but on the on the SEC network, um, they were laughing about it because he was so efficient. I, I mean, what he had at one point was it fifty eight pitches? I think. Yeah, it was real low. Yeah, yeah, and so he went he went to the bullpen and threw the rest of his game. That's awesome. Yeah, they they like panned over and there's Prager out there and they're like, oh, maybe he's just tossing around. Like he was getting up on the rubber and burning it in. They're like, I have never seen that in my life because he pitched so efficiently. He didn't pitch the number of pitches he wanted to. Right. And and maybe that's not him. Maybe that's the, you know, maybe that's Max Wiener, you know, the pitching coach. And I will say Max credit. My goodness. Talk about the, the big A word we always like to use adjustments, right? Yeah. The man walks out to the mound the very next pitch is exactly what it needs to be, and we're done with that inning. It's incredible. I hope that that maintains the whole season, but that gave me a lot of confidence right out the gate. I mean, he speaks their language. You can tell. Yeah. I mean, that that in and of itself should tell you all you need to know is, you know, he goes out there and he's like, hey, whatever he's telling them, you know, just quit screwing around and throw a strike. And so he quits throwing around, you know, quit screwing around and throw a strike, and, yeah. and it happens. Well, and so, yeah, I particularly saw it when I was at the game Saturday, because we did get ourselves into a couple of pickles where yeah. we had the bases loaded. We had a couple of runners on. Uh, maybe we were kind of falling off the wagon a little bit as far as focus, um, little things pile up. And he immediately runs out there and says, yo, 
We're not giving up any runs here. We're not compromising. Get this guy out. And we've done that. You know, you only give up one run on the weekend. And yeah, unearned. We haven't done that since the early, I think, what was it? 93, 94 was the last time that we saw that happen. That's insane. Well, I've seen conflicting reports on that because they're saying 94 and it was Pan Am. But then somebody said they looked it up in that Sunday game, the Pan Am, their score showed 8-7, not 8-0. So So, I don't know. the actual baseball program probably needs to pull up their records and figure it out. But uh, but yeah, if it's 94 ago. or it's 1918, no matter how it is, I mean, both of those basically seem as far away as each other. That's a long damn time ago. Very disconnected from the teams that are around today. So yes. that's a, in, in the modern game of baseball, being able to keep a team down like that. And yeah, like I said, McNeese in previous seasons, I'm not applying that to them here. But in previous seasons have not been a slouch by any means. So right. that's it. So that's a good sign. And I would like to see that continue. Um, you know, you'll have a midweek test with uh with Incarnate Word. Granted, Tuesday games are goofy. We all know that. Yeah, and that's another program that that likes to jump up and bite the big programs. Um, and they've gotten but, us a couple times. But just the biggest takeaway for me over the weekend, it wasn't the offense. I knew the offense was was going to be good. I didn't right. know there was going to be 34 runs good, but I knew right. like I knew the offense was something that if you were going to worry about an aspect of this team, it wasn't that, you know? Um, I think everybody was, I don't know about concern, but I think everybody was really curious to see what the pitching was going to look like with the new coach, right? Because we've heard amazing things about him and all the analytics that he does and how he's able to really kind of get these kids, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of like we were saying, speaking their, you know, speaking his language, but he's also speaking their language. Yeah. And then they said it on the broadcast, and I thought it was interesting. You know, he was in charge of of the pitching for the Mariners, right? Yeah. Well, that's like a hundred some odd pitchers. It's it, like he wasn't just for the like the major league team. You were talking about at all levels, he was responsible for all the pitchers. That's and now he's here, and he only has to deal with what twenty. Yeah. You know, so it's um, he, you know, his ability to to be more hands-on and focus with these kids that are really at their peak level of development, as opposed to professionals who are, you know, you're tweaking development. Um, Yeah. I think it's going to be special. I'm really looking forward to seeing signs. Uh, Is it no Cortez on, uh, excuse me, Cortez on Tuesday. He announced it. I think, I think that's the case. I'm looking forward to, because he has so much potential and maybe hopefully coach Wiener unlocks it, man. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Um, one additional thing I wanted to talk about, just because it was such a cool moment. I'm not sure if you caught this, but um, going over to the East Coast at East Carolina University, our friends, oh, the Pirates. Yeah, uh, the prosthetic leg, right? Yes, Parker Bird, who is, uh, he had his leg amputated after a boating accident two years ago. He just became the first person to play in a Division One baseball game with a prosthetic leg, came walking out the whole shebang. And I cannot think of a more perfect player to pay to play for the Pirates, man. Well, and and that's such a great environment. And there's such it good is. baseball fans out there, too. Um, so that yeah, yeah, so you know that was just such a special moment. It um, is a special moment. And like you said, not making light of his situation at all, because I mean, that's just an awesome thing. It's an amazing um, story. Uh, and um, I'm not sure if you knew this. I, I went and did a little bit of digging on him this morning. He has a NIL deal with IHOP. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> that, that's absolutely perfect. Hey, you know what? Own it, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean. He owns it. Yeah. 
And he yeah, plays for a pirate. Was, so there you go. Yeah, that was that was a that was a really neat um that was a really neat story, actually. I, I saw that uh, I is. saw that pop across Twitter. But yeah, baseball's back, man. It's in full swing now. Um, you know, it's and I, I get that it can kind of be well, I see it to me, it's not boring when you beat up on the little guy. Like you want to give me 34 runs next weekend, I'll take it. I'll take 45 runs next weekend. Um and we Honestly, should God that Wagner did not look good against North Carolina, but I don't think a lot of teams will look good against North Carolina. That's a good program. Yeah, yeah. No, there's some, there's some exciting baseball we had this year. It's because it, tell you what, you better beat up on the little guys because as soon as you get in conference, there ain't no little guys in the SEC. No, and everybody, you know, you, you look at the opening weekend, and I mean, really, the only team that even stumbled was Florida, but we didn't even get a chance to see them really yeah back, you know i mean there were, there were four teams in the top 10 that lost but they only lost one you know tennessee dropped one to ou um right and that was a late uh, that was a late Florida, i think lsu lost one i can't yeah. remember i had it up earlier arkansas um, lost a game arkansas that's right yeah 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 um, so i mean it happens it happens to the best teams in the nation mm-hmm. okay but um but it's man if you're not excited about both diamonds at, at a&m right now like you just ain't paying attention and the environment is great at both spots. I mean, we had our biggest opening weekend at Olsen in years uh, in terms of crowd. I think it was over 18,000 over the course of the weekend, including yeah. 7,000 on Friday night, which that was awesome to see. Yeah, yeah. Tim, Tim England put that out there. It's, uh, the last two years, it was 17 and change. Um, and this year, it was over 18. So it's just fantastic sport. And that includes, you know, Saturday where the weather was just crappy. Yeah, it was it was a rough day and it was a little slow as far as getting people in the stands. But yeah, by the time first pitch rolled around, uh, they were definitely trying to throw people in on spots just because there was not enough room. People were just excited right. to be out of baseball, you know, regardless of the weather. So that that's a great sign. Yeah, it just refused to warm up on Saturday. And that's that's what's weird when I got home. Um yeah, it just like hovered around 43 all day. It was just really weird. And I drove to Nacogdoches and it was 41, so it got a little yeah. colder. But uh <laughs> But I got back and and I flipped it on and uh, and I saw kind of some spots, in, you know, some spaces in the crowd. And I'm, I was like, you know what, I I can't blame him. Like, I'll get sick if I sit out in baseball. But and then my other thought was, you know, it's coming off of Friday. It's a beautiful day on Friday, right? Oh yeah, a beautiful coming off of Friday. You roll into Saturday and it's crappy weather. And and honestly, crappy weather makes for some crappy baseball sometimes. And it and it did for a while. It's cold. You don't, you don't really like pitching. You don't like catching the ball. You hate making contact. And when you foul one off your foot, it hurts just a little extra. That happened to Jace, you know, that kind of thing. Everything hurts a little bit more. Um, so, and that's another thing where, and I get that both teams are playing the elements. You know, it's, it's not an excuse for the performance by any means. And they did pull away. Let's, let's not act like they, no, they, they got won, a 1-0 win. Any, anytime you can win by five runs, it's never a bad deal. Yeah, but it, it was just kind of one of those where, um, you know, also – the better team mentally gets through those, through those situations, I think. Yeah. You know, you're able to just put it, you know, put it in the back of your mind that the weather sucks. Cause it, you know, it's not like other sports when you play, you know, it's not like, it's not like football where you can stay warm, you know, right. Baseball is a very sedentary game and you know, unless you're pitching. Yeah. Um, you know, you're pitching and catching. Like that's, that's the only people that stay active. And, and so it's, you know, it's just tough when it's colder. It's just, it's tougher to play. It's, that's all there is to it. Um, and uh, and so I, I thought it was, I was really proud of how they responded later in the game, you know, after, after they were able to wear down that pitcher. And then Sunday was um, – uh, again, I caught the end of it because I had an open house, but uh, Sunday was 
they're just a fun baseball team, man. And it, and it looks like they have fun together. And so, and, and Bronny mentioned this, um, you know, the only thing you worry about is all that talent being able to make sure that it sees time on the field. I agree. And, and you want to get that key time. And fortunately um, with these upcoming games and all these different um, lower tier opponents that are on the schedule, you have plenty of opportunity to get at least some good key experience. Yes. You got UIW, you got Wagner, um, you know, you have that invitational on the sips, but you've got like, I think Rhode Island or something like that. Yeah. So you, if you got, uh, no, not Rhode Island, but you, you got plenty of non-conference opportunities. And not to mention, that's not just opportunity. It's also an opportunity for Sloss and, and you know, in the entire staff to really fine tune, um, you know, what they're seeing and who's performing in certain spots. I Man, Targo had a tough weekend. Yeah. You know, you know, does, Tar- does Targo sit on Tuesday? Maybe he does. You know, maybe you put Caden Ken out there. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, do you give, you know, does Jackson Appel take Tuesdays off? Like, do you have, do you have the other two guys really kind of vying for the Tuesday? Cause just, you know, playing catcher just wears on you, man. The whole season as a catcher is stuff on your knees, tough on your body. Um, so, it, so that's, you know, those are the decisions that you're fortunate with the non-conference stuff, like the kind of paycheck games and paycheck series yeah. um, is that they can really start to fine tune. Cause you see what you see in practice and in fall and, you know, you see it all, but, but it's different when they're playing against actual live competition that isn't also wearing maroon and white, right? Exactly. And so, you know, that's where they—that's where the staff, and that's where you have to be really excited as well. Oh yeah, we have a great staff, so so you expect them to, you know, they're pulling as much data out of those games as they're putting in, right? And so, and and that's where hopefully, you know, we also see that. And I've, I've given a success. You have to admit that it's probably the same, you know, across the street at Davis, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, they're nine and zero for a reason, man. Yep. You know, if we were seven and two, and the only two games you lost to Oregon were to Oregon, you'd still be like, okay, but we beat some other teams. But you were able to beat a ranked team, so those are two ranked wins early, and yep. and on, and on a quick turnaround. You know, you beat them once, and sometimes it's harder to beat them the second time, right? And that's in every sport. Yeah. But you turn around and you just beat them again. Yeah, and shut them out that second game. So that, yeah. that that's a great sign. Um, one thing I will say before we kind of wrap up on baseball that I really liked uh, was seeing uh, Jim Slosnagel on X later on talking about, um, you know, Hey, I'm not a big fan of all the empty seats behind home plate. And I'm more than happy to put students down there. If you give me a chance to get those tickets. Well, I, and I, I love that he put out like, Hey, you know, if you have tickets and you can't make it, let's make sure we get them in the hands of Aggies. I love that he put it out yeah. there, but then I also love on the back end, the end of the weekend that he went back on and said, Hey, the 12th man, you guys were amazing. You were great. Thank you so much for all your support. Um, yeah. you know, he's, it's, he's not like, uh, who was it? Um, who, uh, gosh, uh, Turgeon, Mark Turgeon. Yeah. All Mark he Turgeon. did was bitch about attendance. <laughs> like, and, and it gets to the point where you don't want to hear it because he bitch about attendance and then we'd have a, you know, and then we'd have a game where everybody shows up a read and he doesn't say anything on the back end. Right. You don't reinforce the positives in the situation, right? Like right. You just complain. You and, just complain. And nobody and, nobody likes a complainer. So at the end of the day. Yes. Yeah, so Schloss turns around and thanks him. And yeah. he's, he's just a class act. He's a machine as a coach. Um, it just It's so exciting. And, and I, I'm I'm really I, – I mean, I think this guy is the absolute limit for the baseball team. Um, I think for softball – I, I absolutely, I expect them to be in the tournament, no problem. Yeah, I mean they've looked great so far, and you know they can win against top level competition. So, mm-hmm. really like what we're seeing on both fronts, and excited to 
roll along with the diamonds, no doubt about that. Yeah, and we and we've seen softball also. You know, they they've had. Um, in fact, we saw Targo come out of the game on Sunday, right? Yeah, yep. after what the sixth inning or seventh inning, mm-hmm. and so. You know, those are necessary moves, but you're tweaking your roster all the time throughout the season, the whole season, yep. you know, whether it's because of injury or just because of performance. And uh, when you look at the box scores, because uh, softball went on TV over the weekend, which yep. sucked. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand how something isn't on TV in, at this point when it comes to sports. I just don't get I mean, it. Some uh, kind of streaming something. Like, you know? Something. But, um, but you know, you see, you know, uh, working with different lineups and working with, with different personnel. And so softball is doing the same thing that baseball is doing. Um, so like if you had to nitpick uh, and, and you're not banging on Ryan Targas by any means, I mean, you no. know, the talent, you know, the talent that he has, you just, you know, you want to see him get it going. Um, yep. Vestal, it's a transfer pitcher for softball. We'd like to see her kind of get it going. Yeah. Um, so, but in those, so like if those are the two things, like yeah. you're really having to nitpick. Well, and it's obviously too early to pass judgment on either one of them. Yeah, you, know, you got to think right. that, you know, Targotch, you know, maybe came out and had a rough weekend and seeing generally how everybody else did. Okay, it's time to really kind of step it up. We got to refocus. All right, we got to get back into how things are supposed to be. I may not have a job if I don't. So, yeah, with as much talent as there is on that roster, I think everybody understands that. I mean, you got to perform, and, and nobody understands it probably better than he does. I mean, no, he's a fantastic dude um he's a he's uber competitor well people complaining to players or coaches about not having the drive to want to win a game it's like nobody wants to win a game more than they do because that's their job that's what they're trying to do yeah we as fans can sit here and nitpick and complain and argue and be like come on we need extra effort we need more pride out of these guys they have it in droves they just sometimes it's just not there you know yeah that's that's not what they're missing by any means and no. and and still you know it's a long way to go it's one series so you don't want to take too much out of it either no you absolutely absolutely don't so i'm I'm really looking forward though um i'm kind of looking forward to globe life no. um i'm not going but i'm kind of looking forward to those games uh i mean a little bit better competition obviously so that's good uh, I mean, obviously looking forward to the Texas game, but that's a one-off, you know, it's just, it's a one-off game. It doesn't define your season win or lose. And it's significantly um, earlier in the year than we've done it in the past several seasons. Cause typically we've played them end of March, early April, a lot of the time. And now yeah. we're, yeah, we're kicking off in middle, middle of basically spring break is March 5th. Well, I think that benefits us personally. Doesn't um, hurt. Because, you know, just what you see from the Texas message boards at the baseball message boards, um, uh, I, they they may not be in for a great year. Now, granted, that may be them, you know, jumping off a cliff too early. But um, it sounds like they do have some issues, and they lost, you know, they lost enough to where it's an issue. Um, but uh, but I'm I'm I just and I know it's it'll it'll get here. I get it. But man, that first conference series at Florida that is just going to be like dynamite television. It's going to be good television. That's a very good Florida team. I think uh, obviously we didn't get a chance to really see what they were about this weekend. I pray we get a better shot at them this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, critical games coming up. And you you look across the board, look at a, t- a team like Sam Houston. Sam, uh, Sam Houston came out with their hair on fire. And, you know, that's a Tuesday game. That'll be a tough matchup. So, yeah. I mean, you've across the board, you're going to have tough series. Auburn's going to look good. State, yeah, they kind of struggled a little bit with Air Force at times, but they're going to be fine. Um, South Carolina, at South Carolina, and they have looked damn good. So, there's a lot of good teams on our – Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's SEC baseball, man. It's yeah. just bonkers. 
bonkers. Just, the, the, and this is one thing I'll say. Um, never, never take too much away from teams struggling with the service academies in baseball. Right. Because believe it or not, all three service academies generally put up pretty good products. And they have in the past. And you know, we've you know, we've played Army, right? Um, we haven't. I'm, I think we played Air Force at some point. I just can't remember when. But yeah, uh, they're not slouches. Most no, years. no. The, the service academies generally put together good baseball teams. So even if it's top top, uh, you know, uh, one of the top schools has a has an issue with them. Trust me, it's generally, and it's not every year, and I get that. But generally, service academies have pretty good baseball teams. Army's pretty good. Like Army's put together a program, which I mean, it's difficult to do because you can't recruit like everybody else. You know, you just no. can't. Air Force has a little bit easier uh, go of it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's not one where I would even consider that a, an issue. No. Um, but it's man, as you see baseball so good again, this year, it's going to be so much fun. It's hopefully we don't just, fun. hopefully we don't do a round Robin of just eating our own. Well, and, and like I said, the, the beauty of where we stand this year and how good we've looked right out the gate is people are going to be looking at us and they're going to be a little worried looking at that is going to be like, Oh man, that's, that's heavy. That's some good bats and that's some damn good pitching. Yeah, so if we can maintain table, that, yeah, it's kind of nice, you know, being on the other side of the coin there. Cause most years, you know, people are looking up at Arkansas LSU and yeah, they're looking up at them again. They're both going to be phenomenal teams, but we're right there in the mix with the rest of them. And yeah, yeah now it, basically we just get added to the pile. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's just it's gonna be so much fun. Um, oh, I'm I, excited. I, I will say that I haven't paid much attention to softball outside of A and M, so that's something um, that I I need to do a little bit more of. I'm probably gonna dig into it a little bit this week. So we talk next week. You know, we can actually kind of start talking a little bit more, leaning forward into the schedule with conference and you know who we think is is gonna you know dominate and who's you know where maybe we think we could end up in, in the conference. Um, but at, from what I've seen so far, I I'm very confident with softball as well. Yeah, so exciting times on the sports front. We are looking forward to more baseball and softball as we continue to roll and along. Praying for great weather so we can keep, you know, so we don't don't miss any games like Florida had to. What a bummer, man. You get all hyped up for opening weekend, you get one game out of it and you lose it. Right. So uh, and the forecast looking particularly nice for this upcoming weekend. So another great weekend for Aggie What's baseball. Tuesday looking like? You're the weather guy. Uh, Tuesday didn't look bad, honestly. Um, it, this this whole week it's supposed to be pretty pleasant with increasing temperatures. Yeah, we might hit seventies by Tuesday, so I, we're talking very pleasant weather over the next several days. Um, speaking potentially eighty on Thursday, so it's oh, it's, it's gonna feel like one hundred and thirty. It's gonna feel miserable. It's gonna, <laughs> feel, it's gonna feel hot. But the nice part is we will have uh, some very nice days of weather for the next several days. Should be per perfectly fine for baseball and softball. Get the hell after those and go. Gotta love it. Gotta, Gotta love it. it. So, uh, what all do you have going on this week? Uh, man, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think I said this before. Yeah, January is generally a good, uh, good month for our team. But like, we have just been like our hair is on fire over at Bach Realty Group. Um, we have been so busy. Like, and we're blessed to be busy. Don't get me wrong. Like, I will never complain about being busy. I'll complain about not being busy. Yes. Um, so we've been super busy. Uh, the market has, um, you know, it's it stabilized enough in, in the fourth quarter last year to where people's mindsets have changed and they just kind of understand the new reality. Yeah. But, um, you know, from from everything that I see, because I'm the analytic, you know, nerd guy, um, from what I see, I, I, I 
very favorable outlook for this year um, for for the industry as, as long as you know enough homes can get built just to work on you know implementing and growing the inventory because it doesn't matter where the market's at if the inventory sucks it's just tough but um but outside of that uh my sister came in this past week and she flew in from arkansas i don't get to see her a lot and so she flew into houston because one of her classmates got uh promoted to one star so she came in for the promotions uh ceremony cool and uh they did it at a brewery because if you're a one star <laughs> that's a, you get to do it wherever you want to right that's awesome um, but uh but i was able to go down to tomball and we got to have a family dinner i got to you know both my sister both my sisters and uh and my parents so it was it was great it was a long day of driving but it was great um and then yeah just sunday yesterday was a beautiful day um yeah. you had to do a little bit of work but yeah for me i'm just working i've I've expanded my footprint i'm up in nacogdoches now um sure. i uh down down in the spring like montgomery magnolia basically the whole corridor between here and and kind of spring klein tomball area like I'm starting to work that whole corridor. And then we have a presence kind of in West, uh, West of Houston, like the Katie Fulcher area. Yeah. So we're growing, our team is growing, our footprint is growing. Um, so we're, we're really looking forward to it. Like we're at the point where we got to buy a lot more signs. Sure. That's good. <laughs> that's, that's never a good bad thing. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we're growing and we're, and we're doing well and, and the kiddos doing well in school. And, you know, it's, it's just, you know, you know, Megan's doing great. We're, just plumbing along, man. And then I think everybody always gets in a better mood when the weather's better. You're not wrong. So the um, only issue I'm having right now really is the freaking weeds in my yard. Yeah. And I've got a few that um, we're waiting to see if freeze hits, but I'm looking forward to nuking those guys. Uh, and it doesn't help that when they built this house, this is you know, for those of you who don't know where I'm living, I'm on the outside of 2018 and Brian in that new um, pleasant, uh, pleasant Hill neighborhood. Up and, here, Lake Brian-ish. Yeah, and when they when they set up this ground, they did not properly saw the backyard, so those weeds are just all popping. So I have to go and take care of those. But yes, as soon as we end this, I will be. I'm not passing go. I'm not collecting two hundred dollars. I'm going directly to Tractor Supply. That's a good start. <laughs> uh, so the way that my weekend kind of wrapped up, my past weekend was honestly one of the cooler experiences I've had a chance to do, and that was to finally go watch the Eagles live in concert. Really? Where were they? Were they down in Houston? They were down in Houston over at nice. um over there at uh, Toyota Center. Uh, me and my friend James, my parents, and some uh, family friends, we all went. And uh, they definitely know their audience at this stage of the game. But my goodness, <laughs> they came out and just killed it. Uh, Joe Walsh still rips. I mean, Don Henley was as good as ever. I mean, and I mean Vince Gill, one of the all time greats. And having all three of those guys on the same stage. And not just playing Eagle songs, but also doing originals like, you know, Don Henley came up and sang Boys of Summer as as a tribute to Jimmy Buffett. And you had Heartache Tonight to close out, uh, close out the night, Rocky Mountain Way, uh, Life's Been Good by Joe Walsh. I mean, so many great songs. And they kicked it off with Seven Bridges Road, uh. which just... Killed me. Oh, it was so good. The, the best Eagle song ever, and I'll not hear an argument otherwise. It's it's phenomenal. And the fact they opened up the show with that and uh, Take It Easy. Those are the first two songs. Uh, that, that's that's amazing that they're still ripping away at it, man. That's so good. That's cool. so good. So and so we had a chance to go see the Eagles, and that was awesome. Steely Dan opened the show, and they were badass, too. I mean, I've, I've been looking forward to seeing Steely Dan for a long time, and they did not disappoint. That is but, it. That is kind of an unreal lineup, man. It is. And, you know, people in my generation may not necessarily appreciate it or younger even, but that's certainly uh, two incredibly important 
rock bands in terms of history. And so getting get, getting the chance to watch both of them was incredible. Um, recording was awesome on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we have two new songs getting ready to come out um, down the line, of course. But uh, one's called Hard Times. It's kind of a fun song because it it has a it has a tempo change. We start off in a three four, but then we go to a four four, then go back to a three four at the end. So it kind of shifts up the flow a bit. As you just lost like ninety percent of the listeners. That's okay. Get <laughs> learn something every once in a while. I'm educating, but uh, and then uh, wrapped up the last song uh, that we did was a Comancheria, and uh, this song in particular. Um, I'm really looking forward to, and I'll explain all the fun details on that. Assuming we can lock it all in, that song is going to be really cool for us. It sounds amazing because I'm one of the cool kids on the inner circle. So, (laughs) yes. uh, So uh, you guys, of course, will all get a chance to hear it at some point. But yeah, once we actually have those songs really locked in, I'm looking forward to you guys getting to check them out and we'll share them Uh, this Friday. uh, Marlboro's at midnight, which is our brand new single will release. Uh, well, technically at 11 p.m. on Thursday, but it will be available uh, for everyone at that time all day Friday, uh, along with the music video, which uh, we were very proud of how it turned out. It really did come together really nicely. So um, be sure to stream that, share it, tell your friends about it. It's a great old school country style song that's well outside of the realm of what people typically associate with modern Texas country music. It's just a good country song. So if you like good belly rubbing, sad, sad hour country boy music, I've got a great song for you coming out this Friday. So get ready <laughs> that's, for that. That's very accurate. <laughs> so we're excited for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. But Well, so get out to read, support the women tonight. If you can, if you're local, get out to read, please. So Absolutely. it's not an LSU home crowd. Um, get out there, get out to Davis, get out to Olson or Bluebell. I guess they pay enough money. At some point, I should probably try and call it Bluebell every once in a while. All those fun, it'll always be Olson, exactly. I am Rob White, he is Roy May. We are the Red Ass Podcast. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day.